0: We're serving pregnant women in need every single day across our country who think that abortion is necessary, that it's their only option. And in a culture for 50 years who have sold women that lie, that their only path to empowerment, their only path to financial success or educational success or quote unquote normal life will be to get an abortion. And we just want to eradicate that lie in the minds of women um, really for generations.
1: Hey, this is Liberty from the Know Why podcast, and I wanna let you know we're entering our first Know Why series. What is the Know Why series? Well, on the Know Why podcast, we're all about deep and thorough conversations about questions that matter, from questions about spirituality, to current events, to how to build a good life. So each Know Why series will allow us to explore one of those issues even more closely with a variety of guests that can address the topic at hand from multiple different angles. The first Know Why series will help you know about abortion and the pro-life movement. Abortion is something that touches close to home for more people than we often realize. And the pro-life movement is often misunderstood in the media and by people around the world. We want to introduce you to several people who are working to address the needs of women and families and have thoughtful perspectives on the issue of abortion. So are you ready to know why? Let's go. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. When a woman seeks an abortion, why is she doing so? And is getting an abortion actually the best way to help that core need that she has? These are the topics that we're going to discuss today on the podcast. We are in a series where we discuss uh, the complicated and difficult and emotional issue of abortion from a lot of different angles. We have uh, have some Very interesting guest that we have interviewed. Um, So I hope that you'll listen to the other episodes we're doing doing here as well because there's just a lot of information about this topic um, that we don't hear very much. And so I want to talk to different experts about it who are working in this field working to serve women in different ways and let them talk to you about what you may not know. And that's what we're all about here on the Know Why podcast. And today I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Chelsea Yeoman. She is the National Director of Public Policy for Human Coalition. Um, also, if you ever happen to listen to Point of View radio talk show, she's the host of the Millennial Roundtable. And so I've worked with Chelsea a bit in the past and I know that the work she does is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Chelsea. Chelsea. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So Chelsea, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your organization, uh, The Human Coalition, and what you do for them?
0: Yes, well, my organization is really committed to two things that we always say, making abortion unthinkable. And unnecessary, um, and really the phrase unnecessary is because we're serving pregnant women in need every single day across our country who think that abortion is necessary, that it's their only option. And in a culture for 50 years who have sold women that lie, that their only path to empowerment, their own, only path to financial success or educational success or a quote unquote normal life will be to get an abortion. And we just want to eradicate that lie in the minds of women. um, really for generations. And what that looks like at Human Coalition is it's a really unique organization. Um, We were started 11 years ago by a group of Christian believers who were in the corporate business world, um, in the marketing world, actually. And they were in a Bible study together. And they said, you know, women are now starting to look for Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics on their phone. Um, They're Googling, where can I get an abortion, going to the nearest clinic near them, we need to adapt as a movement and meet her where she is. Um, and that's online. And so that began the process of what ended up being incredible success, um, in the movement by creating advertisements for women, um, for resources and alternatives and, and really freedom from abortion. And women will click and click on those ads and then be immediately on the phone with a licensed nurse professional who just starts the press, the questions right then and there. Why are you getting an abortion? Which, of course, is the point of our podcast. Um, And they found a few things. The first is that 76% of women seeking an abortion say, if my circumstances were different, I would actually rather parent. Wow. And that's where our organization began, um, was helping to fix those circumstances so she could see hope. Wow. So that is so fascinating.
1: And I think that that's something a lot of people don't know uh, because we don't hear that in the news. You hear about somebody, you know, seeking an abortion. And if a woman, you know, is going to the, looking for an abortion clinic, she should just be able to have one. That's a lot of people's argument that, um, well, it doesn't matter why she wants one. That's her right to choose one. Um, But getting to the core issue of, You know, does she really want that or does she feel like she doesn't have any other choice? And so I love how you talk about your organization. They get her connected with not just anybody, but a licensed nurse to actually talk her through um, what is happening. So can you give us, um, if 76% of women who are seeking an abortion say they'd rather parent if circumstances were different, what are some of those circumstances that is causing them to seek an abortion?
0: Yes, that's the question of the hour, right? Because we can pass as many laws to protect life as we want. But until we really reach women um, who are seeking abortion and alleviate what we call the demand for abortion, that why, um, why she's seeking abortion She can go out of state or she can order pills online. And so as a movement to say you have to have both, right? You have to serve her and protect life um, is the key. And how we do that is, first of all, to understand that uh, we believe we're Christians, right? So we believe that God creates every single person with a unique... Life um, with unique skills and abilities. And that includes these moms who are in unique situations. So there's no one size fits all. This isn't just college girls who are trying to finish college um, Mm -hmm. like you might think. This isn't just, um, you know, you hear a lot how minority populations are predominantly impacted by the abortion industry. There are unique scenarios for each abortion. Um, And so that's really where we start. But there are a few buckets that are consistent across our clients. The first thing that she asks for is support, which might surprise mm. you. That's not always financial support. It's not always um, physical support for some situations she's in. It is literally emotional support because she might have a partner or a boyfriend who is abusive, um, who's going to kick her out of the house. We've had that happen many times oh. um, We, if she doesn't get an abortion or parents who are pressuring her. You know, 64% of women who get an abortion say they feel pressure to get an abortion. And so, a lot of times they just want that emotional support and that begins with our nurses and social workers. Um, and then a few of the other buckets in in order are affordable childcare. So you might may or may not know, but most women who have an abortion already have at least one child at home. And that might surprise you, but the truth is she has maybe an hourly wage paying job. She's currently having difficulty making rent. She Childcare is exorbitantly expensive. Yes. And the thought of... Doing another form of payment, almost a mortgage worth of child care a year um, is really confounding for her. And then the other bucket we ask that gets asked for for support and help is affordable housing. Um, so that's another big issue in a, in a housing market that's really exploded nationwide. Um, we are seeing mm-hmm. just difficulty making ends meet.
1: That is so interesting, and for anybody listening, because um, we have listeners and hope to have listeners from all backgrounds and and opinions. You know, regardless of what your opinion is, I just think we need to sit with that information for a second and say one of the things that women ask for most often when they're um, seeking abortion, but saying they'd rather not have to seek an abortion, is emotional support or you know support in some of the other areas that you mentioned. Um, and so, how many of us? maybe have the time or the resources or the privilege to be able to offer that to somebody? Are we aware of the women in our own community and own neighborhoods who might be in a situation where they don't have anybody and that I, I'm a mom, I've got two little kids, Chelsea, I know that you've got uh, three boys, I believe, that are young. And so we understand that it really does take a community um to just not only raise children well, but support the parents and support moms because we need that support. And so, um, just a challenge to anybody listening, regardless of what your beliefs on abortion are, um, are you willing to offer that support to a woman who you know is pregnant and having another child? Are you willing to be that for her? Um, and so, that's something that pro-lifers are often accused of not doing. Um, we're accused of being pro-birth. Uh, because we only care about a baby being born. And then when after they're born, we don't care. We don't care about you know, making sure that that baby has a good life or supporting the mom. But um, this is not true. And I, I love that Human Coalition just proves that this isn't true. So can you talk to us a little bit, um, both about the continuum of care and what that is at Human Coalition, and also the work that so many pregnancy centers and organizations are doing around the nation to pr- disprove that myth?
0: Yes, you're so right. I mean, if we're going to talk some statistics here, there are over 2,400 pregnancy resource centers across the country. And this is not just a new phenomenon since Roe was overturned, although if you read a headline, they probably say that. That's just patently false. For decades, I always say the hallmark of the movement has been built around care for pregnant women in mm-hmm. need. Um, so that's something we can stake our flag in as pro lifers, be really proud of that hard work and infrastructure that's been built, um, and how we as human Coalition kind of entered that space was to, to be a gap filling. Organization that says we know how to reach her. We have all this marketing experience, this understanding of who she is um, and what she's seeking. And then our first referral is to connect her once she's gone on the phone with us um, in our contact center with a licensed nurse. Our first referral is to her local pregnancy resource center. So while we may reach an entire state, the entire state of North Carolina, the entire state of Texas, Louisiana, um, we want her in with in-person care and a local resource. So they're always our first resource In our resource bank. And then from there, um, if she wants continued help, we have what we call a continuum of care program, which has a licensed social worker um, or someone who is licensed in in a state who understands kind of the in and out of all the state programs or government programs she's eligible for, but also our private resource bank that has 7,000 resources. So we build a personalized plan for her then the goal is always independence, right? We don't Mm -hmm. want her in these programs for life feeling like she's barely making it. We want her stabilized and thriving and excited to parent and to feel like capable and equipped and real empowerment. And so that looks like an individualized care plan where we go through that checklist. Did she mark employment? Did she mark she needs help with childcare? Did she mark she needs a, a vehicle? And then we'll do things like, job train, help her interview, help her dress for her interview, um, connect her with churches and discipleship, you know, really whatever she needs on her terms. Um, that's what continuum of care means. It's, and we'll walk with her for years. Um, one, I think great example, my favorite one, I always use it of a client who just worked so hard for her independence was had a 17 year old son and she came to us living in her car with him and pregnant. And, she just saw no way out, right, Mm -hmm. of that situation. And we said, we're going to walk with you as long as it takes and found housing for her, housing for her 17-year-old son with family members, worked to get her that first job, and then she committed to it and worked really hard, learned budgeting techniques, and ultimately chose life, had her second child. They were all reunited, and after about two and a half years, they purchased their first home. Wow. Wow. That's yes. awesome. Yes, that's an example of what this could look like. Um, you know, if we partner with
1: community partners to help surround these women. And I love that because to me, you know, which I've I've said before, I I am personally pro-life. Um and to me that is so much more empowering to a woman than to just have a portion be the only option because most people would rather not have one, or if they have had one, they know it's not um, an easy experience. It's not a light thing. And so if you feel like you're cornered into that, if you're in a difficult situation, then that doesn't feel very empowering versus having the support that you need with the goal of making you empowered and gaining that independence, so that you can be the provider for your family, you can take care of your children, then you can get stable and follow your dreams. And um, I I love that that is the heart of so many people who are are working, um, in this. And so obviously, you know, you've got organizations like Human Coalition and so many um, organizations that are pro life and helping women, um, and then you've got a lot of you know just good people that don't make the news, but local communities, local churches, that they will be there to offer emotional support or to take in a pregnant woman who doesn't have housing for a while. So there's, you know, charitable support goes a long way and is often undervalued and um, not recognized very much. However, some people would argue that charitable action isn't enough and that, um, you know, not every mother is lucky enough to live in a community or near a pregnancy center or a church that, it offers that kind of support. And so she needs a safety net or government assistance. Um, if she's going to bring her child into the world, some, something that can help her kind of like that continu- continuum of care, but you know more broadly. So um, what do you say to that? And I know that you've actually worked on some legislation um, that is interesting to this point. So can you talk about that as well?
0: Yes, of course. I mean, we have incredible partners. I think I mentioned we have about 7,000 um, resources. That's nonprofit charities in our resource bank to, meant to help her. But the truth is, there is very little in the overall big donation scale, less than 0.01% of all donations go to pro-life groups and so there's just a limit there um, and God can always open the floodgates we're always praying for that but you know we at Human Coalition realized our real competitor is Planned Parenthood and the way they've been able to scale and become a household name and just the go-to entity for these women is that they get a, almost a billion dollars in federal funding um, and so we really looked at that and said if they're our competitor we're competing with them for this woman for her future for her living her children and um, then we need to consider what it looks like to tap into partnering with states. And it turned out um, to be just incredible we started in Texas where they had had a long standing program I think it's the preeminent one in the in the country designed specifically for pregnant women it's called Alternatives to Abortion it's a hundred million dollar program I mean wow. Texas has laid it all out there for these women and our, our pro-life officials are the ones to thank for that so we started in Texas they let us go statewide with our contact center reaching women and then we've grown from there we're now in seven states um, and that partnership has been really important because because it just affords us the ability to reach more women um, and to
1: save more lives. So do you believe that this kind of work that you've been involved in and that so many other people are involved in and in partnering with states and providing um, those resources to pregnant women who are facing difficult circumstances, do you think that is fairly covered um, in the media and that most people know about those things? funny
0: you should ask liberty and no I don't think it's ever covered I mean the pro-life movements getting a really hard shake in the media and has for over a year now you know well we'll do interviews we'll do 45 minute interviews and they'll never quote us Um, Mm -hmm. and that's just par for the course because they don't want the word to be out there but there are many states and it's all Republican led I should mention Um, we used to think kind of oh at least Democrats will support care for women or social services for women because every Everybody can get behind a woman getting to a maternity home um, and in a safe environment when she needs to. But unfortunately, that has not been the case that we found. Mm. It's become such a polarizing issue. The new governor of Arizona, she's cutting funding for a maternity home. There will literally be homeless pregnant women on the streets in Arizona next year who would not otherwise be on the streets. Wow. Um, and that's that's really
1: unfortunate. You know, that's that's a crime against women. Absolutely. And it makes you wonder, you know, what's the motivation behind that? Even if you disagree ideologically with who's running the home, is the answer really turning pregnant women out on the street? Like that just doesn't make sense.
0: Right. They're cutting anyone from their pregnancy program who doesn't provide abortions. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's just important for everyone to really have a clear picture here that I think most people are compassionate. The average American loves women, loves kids, and and wants to see, oh, we don't want to see anyone hurting in this scenario. Um, but for the the real abortion advocates, the truth is they want abortion on demand through the th- third trimester paid for by tax dollars. Um, and there's not really a lot of middle ground for them. They, they believe they're entitled to that.
1: Mm. Well, we've talked about the, um, you know, bias coverage that uh, people in the pro-life movement receive, um, that the fact that there are so many resources available to women in need and that pro-lifers really do care about providing for them um, even after their baby is born. Um, But, so we've talked about that, we've critiqued the other side, but as somebody who is intimately familiar with this movement and works in it every day, Do you have any critiques for the pro-life movement or things that people who oppose abortion could do better?
0: You know, I think the one thing we want to ask for, like as a pro-life organization, if we could ask anybody for anything, it would be for the church to engage more. Um, Mm. It's it's a discipleship moment and opportunity. You know, when I joined this movement, I thought— maybe almost it's more political or it's more about saving lives but the truth is it's a spiritual battle and i've we've all learned that along the way but she we have our nurses say our sonographers when she comes in for her sonogram she is wearing the weight of that spiritual battle on her mm-hmm. and it's a fight for her soul her her unborn child Um, and if the church would disciple on this issue, teach on this issue, engage on it, not be afraid of it, not nix it up to politics, or, you know, we all know that, I think it's um, one in four women who've had an abortion are actively attending church, and so these are women who are sitting in our pews, their sisters, cousins, wives, daughters, Um, we all know people who've had abortions, Mm -hmm. and to say that uh, if we don't talk about it in our churches, how can we heal from it? Right. And it can be done in a compassionate, loving way. And it can be done in a way that brings about um, depth and grace and, so much goodness can come out of the church leaning into these areas that are off the table um, and partnering with us and caring for these women. We have women call us on a Friday night at 7 p.m. I'm getting kicked out of my house for not having an abortion. Mm. This has happened twice since January and us scrambling to find a church partner who can open up their home to her, wow. right? Um, so that's a kind of example of partnership that
1: we would just love to see continue. I love that. And for those of us who are believers, you know, the Bible says that the true religion that God cares about is um, us caring for orphans and widows. And so I think, you know, a woman who is in need because she's pregnant and she doesn't have support, um, a child whose life hangs in the balance, like what can be more at the center of God's will for you to be involved in? Um, Just, you know, my personal take. And so if you are a a member of a local church church, then ask yourself, how can I be a vessel for that or helping my church get involved? And you just go back and listen to some of the other episodes that um, we've done or continue listening to this series as more come out because we've talked with so many organizations like Human Coalition where there are places and resources for people who want to help out to be able to do that and to get equipped to do that. Um, And so Chelsea, before we wrap up, if somebody is listening to this and is in need of support, during a pregnancy or they know somebody who is, what is the number at Human Coalition that they can call to get connected to those resources?
0: Oh, what a wonderful question. Um, we we do have a number where you can call live to be on the phone with a nurse live. So if you are pregnant and in need and looking for that number, um, you can always call us at 972 Zero nine two seven, um, and you'll be put in touch with someone who's ready to just
1: partner with you and support you in that. That's awesome. And Chelsea, before we go, um, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, whether that's an encouragement or another myth that you want to bust about uh, women and pro-lifers and abortion or anything else?
0: Yes, I think, man, where do where do you go with that? There's so many <laughs> things to say, but I think just to. Um, have strength and courage during this season. I think that publicly, it's so hard to be a pro-lifer. You know, people are discussing, even in Bible study, some of the toughest questions that rise to the surface. All the headlines are negative and um, paint us as monsters. But at the end of the day, to stand firm in truth um, of your beliefs, which is, it is always the right thing, always, no matter where you are or how you do it, to say, the innocent human life is worthy of protection Um, to stand firm in that, have those conversations to ask your pastor. Can we start programs for women? Can we partner with human coalition? Um, Can we learn how to serve people in our communities better? Um, If you have time, money, uh, intellect, you can give all of that towards this movement. And I can't think of a higher purpose in life.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Chelsea. Excellent interview. And it's so good to hear um, what is really going on in the front lines of this issue with people who are trying to help women um, in need while they're facing these difficult pregnancies um, and then just giving them so much hope and empowerment. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for being on the Know Why podcast. And to our listeners, thank you for being a part of this conversation. Um, I hope that it's caused you to um, think a little bit about uh, your perceptions of the pro life movement, regardless of what your beliefs are, and maybe given you some ideas of how you could be somebody that helps women in need. Thanks for listening.